Welcome, Bird Gang. The final injury report is out. Who's available? Who's not? We'll get into that. The Cardinals are to win on Sunday, improved to 2-0 for the first time since 2015. What must happen? MJ has the answers. And, of course, the marquee matchup to watch. We're just days away from Cardinals and Washington. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 314, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So week one produced the most offensive touchdowns in NFL history, 87. Seven teams rallied to win after trailing in the fourth quarter, five on the road. 11 of the 16 season opening games were within one score in the fourth quarter. MJ, what does week two have in store for us? Well, if you talk to coaches around the league and players, you know, we always talk, you know, year one to year two jump. But they say in the NFL you do see, you know, jump from week one to week two. Now, obviously, you know, it's going to be dictated on if you win. Uh, I still think it's going to be 25% of the season. I just, you know, that again, we'll bring up Zane Gonzalez. Um, he didn't have a, you know, you can't simulate it in practice. He would have got a chance to kick in preseason games. Uh, Zayah Simmons. Now, I know these guys aren't, you know, full-time starters, even though Gonzalez is the main kicker, but I think it's going to take 25% of the season. But you could see, like, point of emphasis for the Cardinals, okay? Cut down on the penalties. Cut down on the negative plays. They talk about it all week. The general manager talked about it on Doug and Wolf. So I think there's things you can clean up when you win, but I still think it's going to take some time just because they didn't have a normal off-season training camp going on the road, you know, the, the dress rehearsal. So – We'll see, but I, I still think it's going to take some time. But I think each team is looking for improvement, whether you won or lost last week. And I think you could say that about the entire NFL. Week one, maybe get the rust off, and now week two, you kind of get your legs under you a little bit more conditioned, and you're ready to go for the start of the regular season just in week two. So Cardinals hosting Washington on Sunday. We'll have the complete preview, the breakdown Mike Jarecki's three keys to a Cardinals win. But before we get into that, MJ, the Arizona Cardinals earlier this morning, they announced the passing of Hall of Fame safety and longtime team executive Larry Wilson. He passed away last night at the age of 82 years old. Here's someone, MJ, that I think you can argue that outside of the Bidwell family might have had the biggest impact on and off the field for the Cardinals franchise. Yes. I mean, you're talking about a Hall of Fame player. Um, He kind of redefined the safety position. He was tough as nails. And then he became uh, a general manager for the Arizona Cardinals. And then obviously he was still uh, there until he got a little bit older and retired. But uh, I remember Larry Wilson making the road trips. You know, he would sit on the back of the bus, and if he got a chance to talk to him, just his thoughts on the game, he wore he he wore it on his sleeves. He blood cardinal red, man. He wanted this team to, this team to win. Um, but as uh, Michael Bidwell pointed out, 
you know, besides his father, nobody was more of a mentor than Larry Wilson. And I'm glad to see the commissioner made a statement. So that just goes to show you, when you talk about the history of the NFL, you have to include Larry Wilson. Absolutely. Named to both the NFL's 75th and 100th anniversary teams, eight Pro Bowl selections and all pro five times. You brought up Owner Michael Bidwell, quote, besides my father, Larry Wilson was the most influential male figure in my life. Commissioner Roger Goodell released a statement that read in part, quote, while he will be recognized for his toughness and excellence on the field and his many contributions to the Cardinals organization, we will also remember Larry as loyal, humble and kind to everyone he met. Larry enriched the lives of many players and colleagues around the league, end quote. And of course, the famous story, and this is a true story, Bird Gang, that with both hands in cast because of broken fingers, Larry Wilson had an interception, and not only an interception, but a pick six. I don't think it's ever been done. I mean, we know guys have played through injuries, but the fact that he had broken fingers, and the, and they were like clubs. It wasn't like his fingers were sticking out. They were like clubs. And, and the fact that you obviously have to get the ball in your hands and, and you would think a guy would go down, that's not Larry Wilson. I mean, he's, like I said, he was tough. Commissioner mentioned that. But, yeah, he, he was old school, Craig. I mean, it didn't matter um, what he was ailing, the injuries. He wasn't the biggest guy. He was slight of frame. But you know that you better make sure we, you were aware where Larry Wilson was on the field. Enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 1978, inducted into the Cardinals Ring of Honor in 2006, his number eight, one of just five retired jersey numbers in franchise history. A great article and write-up on azcardinals.com from Darren Urban on Larry Wilson and the many stories. And it's someone that uh, I know the Arizona Cardinals, the entire Cardinals organization, is going to miss. So our uh, thoughts and condolences to the uh, Wilson family. Rest in peace, Mr. Wilson. All right, no easy transition here, MJ, but uh, before your three keys to a Cardinals win on Sunday, we've got the final injury reports, and no big surprise, but Cardinals starting center Mason Cole and tight end Max Williams will not play. Cole, hamstring injury, Williams, an ankle injury, and we had kind of on yesterday as far as Cole likely not to be available. So Lamont Gilliard will get his first NFL start. And dare we say that maybe some more of Dan Arnold on the field come Sunday, along with Darrell Daniels. Yes. Um, let's start with uh, Lamont Gilliard, uh, a guy to get a chance to play, played a ton of games in college with, uh, with Georgia. Um, I think he's a little bit more athletic, um, but obviously Mason Cole has the experience, but I think Kyler Murray trusts Lamont Gilliard. They're kind of attached in that draft class, and, you know, I don't think it's a big drop-off now. You know, usually guys don't lose their position to injury. I think Cole could be back soon, so we'll have to see how it plays out. Um, I think it's a loss when you lose your best blocking tight end of Max Williams. Um, but, you know, again, this is only week two. You want to make sure that these guys preserve and, and maybe just give these guys another week off will help. Plus, the Cardinals don't travel next week, so you don't have to worry about any swelling. Uh, when you're traveling back east, when it comes to, you know, soft tissue issues. Um, but I do think Darrell Daniels is going to play. Um, he's more of a blocker. Now, I know that Dan Arnold has really tried to put some weight on and get stronger in the weight room. Um, I think he's serviceable as, as, as a blocker. 
Um, we could see two tight ends at times, but clearly he's learned enough to drop his anchor, try to make, uh, you know, stop the, the rush a little bit, chip, and then release out for a pass, maybe freeze those safeties like that Chase Edmonds play last week. So um, we'll see, but obviously he's got his work cut out considering their front seven. Daniels, more of a blocker. He was only on the field for 14 snaps last week. Arnold played 45 snaps, two more than Max Williams, although according to head coach Cliff Kingsbury, perhaps those snaps go up because you don't have Williams out there to kind of both be the tight end as far as receiving and the tight end as far as blocking. And if the Cardinals do want to go with uh, you know 11 personnel, which means three wide receivers, one back and one tight end, you can almost build a case that they would have four possible receivers slash tight ends going out for routes. Now, the Cardinals did go with 10 personnel. That's four wide and one back. Andy Isabella was that guy getting those reps. We'll see how much that increases, whether it's this week or the first month in September. But, yeah, to me, they can keep their same personnel because Daniels can block, so you can go a little bit heavier there and more protection. But if they want to go with that 11 personnel, get their playmakers on the field, Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, either Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds, this is another opportunity as a weapon when it comes to linebackers or safety on Arnold. Two players listed as questionable, linebacker Kylie Fitz and offensive lineman Josh Jones. Fitz with a wrist injury and Jones an ankle injury. Neither one played a lot. In fact, Jones was inactive last week, but uh, we'll give you the complete Injury report here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. One other item of notes, and we don't spend a lot of time, MJ, on the practice squad, but this is interesting that earlier on Friday, the Cardinals did add a kicker. Veteran Mike Nugent signed to the practice squad, 15-year veteran, which in any other year, you would never see on the practice squad because there are rules against it this year because of COVID-19. You do see a lot of veterans on practice squads across the league, and you do see teams with a kicker or a punter on practice squads as, if you will, an insurance policy. Should the starter go down, you want someone that is familiar with your team, familiar with your scheme, and could be ready at a moment's notice. And I think that more than anything is the reason that Mike Nugent was signed on Friday. Yeah, he, he was played with the Cardinals a few years ago. Um, this isn't an indictment on Zane Gonzalez. Uh, we mentioned it throughout the course of the week. It was the worst uh, kicking performance in week one in NFL history. Uh, kickers were successful in 71%. That number has to be a lot higher. Now, when it comes to Gonzalez, so those weren't chip shots, but if, if this team's going to drive the ball and they got to rely on some field goals from long distance. He's going to have to make it. But because of COVID, and obviously, you know, you can't keep, you know, extra punter and kickers all the time. But when you extend your practice squad to 16, it's a luxury. So, again, Gonzalez is still the guy. That's not the reason. It's more for insurance if something does happen in the future. Yeah, Kingsbury said a kicker, quote, on call, end quote, and that this had been something that had been in the works for about a month or so. And you brought it up. Two games, Nugent suited up and played for the Cardinals back in 2009. Most recently, last season, though, he was with the New England Patriots. So, again, keep everyone informed here on Cardinals Cover 2, but uh, an interesting move and one that I probably, to be honest, was anticipating maybe at the start of the season just as that quote-unquote insurance policy. But uh, we have to wait until week two, and, uh, well, the move was made earlier today. 
Well, Richie Leone, they had him in, and he's a guy that could do both kick and punt. But obviously they felt like, you know, we can probably get by if something happened to Lee. Not ideal. But here, if I mean, Andy Lee could kick field goals, but that's not his, his, his forte or specialty. So if something happens on a Saturday night, they have a guy that has experience, uh, wasn't he hasn't been on the street for you know two years and coming out of retirement etc. So this is a good insurance policy and you just don't know you know in, in the perfect world we don't see Nugent all year but if they need a, to to make a quick swift move at the 24th hour you have an option. Bird Gang, if you haven't already, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. All right, week two, it is a football Friday, hashtag Fitz Friday, and Mike Jarecki has done his homework. He has examined the film. He has broken down the tape, and he knows exactly what the Cardinals have to do to come away with a win on Sunday at State Farm Stadium. MJ, let's go one by one, but your three keys for a Cardinals victory against Washington. All right, number one, you got to make Dwayne Haskins uncomfortable in the pocket. Get him off his spot. Um, you know, he's a young quarterback, small sample. He definitely has a strong arm. And I thought Patrick Peterson brought up a great point. You know, when, when they're covering those receivers, they got to have tight coverage because they're going to force him to throw in tight windows, and that's where you can get some interceptions. You know, he's a big guy. I don't think he's going to be easy to bring down. But if you can get pressure from the middle um, and then the outside, you know, sometimes, you know, guys go through their first progression. He's not a guy that's going to run, even though he's got the body to do it, like a, a Josh Allen in Buffalo. But just get him off his spout and, and kind of make it uncomfortable for him. And I anticipate that's what we're going to see from the front seven. If the secondaries can kind of plaster their coverage, I think this is a game the Cardinals can force a couple turnovers from the quarterback position. He's 6'4", 230, so he is tough to bring down. And if you want to really make him uncomfortable, MJ, I'll go with something that Fitz brought up earlier this week and something Chandler Jones was asked about earlier today. If the Cardinals offense can do its job and get out to a two-score, three-score lead, especially in the second half, now, all of a sudden, you become one-dimensional as an opposing team, and Haskins will have to throw. And now Chandler Jones, Hassan Reddick, Devon Kennard, Jordan Phillips, they can all, as they say, pin their ears back and rush upfield and try to get a couple of sacks. You know, I asked that question to Chandler Jones on Friday, and, and you know, that, I was basing it off Larry's uh, you know, answer yesterday. And he said, not only the fourth quarter, we want to get a lead early in the game. So we don't, you know, it's not something like you got to wait to the fourth quarter. We know when you have a double-digit score lead in the fourth quarter, um, I don't think Cliff will get conservative. You know, even if they're up by three touchdowns, you don't want to be reckless. But you'd like to just line up and run the football, um, convert third downs, and if you have to, you know, kick field goals just to keep uh, the game going. But, yeah, but for the most part, I mean, you know, the Cardinals feel like this is, this is a game where they're going to have to score some points. I don't think it's going to be a shootout, though. No, I don't think so either. Just because of what we touched on yesterday, this offense of Washington does not wow you. They do have extremely gifted players and some talented players, but they're just very young right now. And I think that is where the Cardinals have the edge. If you go one by one, as far as Dwayne Haskins, who he has protecting him, who he has as receivers. Um, and I just, again, it's on paper, but you got to like where the Cardinals stand here 
right now. We'll see how it materializes in a couple of days. And, you know, we, we focus so much on man-to-man press, and even though Drake Kirkpatrick only played 30 snaps, Murphy was out there the majority of the time. Patrick played pretty much every snap. Um, the Cardinals could play a little bit of a shell zone, and that means they're still rushing, but they're dropping back, and they're saying, hey, you're going to have to make this tight throw. Now, man-to-man, um, they're going to plaster their coverage, meaning it's going to be right on their hip. But if you play a little bit of the zone, now he's got to make some other decisions where it's not so quick where he wants to go with the ball based on a matchup. So that's something to look for also. But make him uncomfortable, get him off his spot, and hopefully you can get a couple of interceptions, if not a fumble. All right. Number two, your second key for a Cardinals win this week. Will be the Cardinals' offensive line against the Redskins' front seven, and it's just because you know what they did last week. And let's be honest, the Philadelphia Eagles—they had three turnovers, two by the quarterback. They were up seventeen nothing, but they had a makeshift offensive line. Now, again, we're comfortable, you and I, with Gilliard in there. Uh, I like the other four starters. Obviously, Justin Pugh—you know—he was one of the top guys when it came to pass protection. Uh, Gilliard was number two on the Cardinals uh, from their starting five offensive line. So uh, I just think that's front seven. And we know that they try to create pressure with four. Um, I'm curious to see what Jack Del Rio and, and Ron Rivera come up. How do they keep Kyler Murray in the pocket? He uses the word. He gives them anxiety uh, when he watches them on film. Um, I think they respect what Cliff Kingsbury has been able to do with play calling. But I just think that front seven is the key. I think that's their strength when you look at the entire roster. For the, for the Washington football team. Five former first-round picks, Chase Young, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and the veteran Ryan Kerrigan, who is listed as a backup on the unofficial Washington depth chart, although all he did last week was sack Carson Wentz twice and was the NFC Defensive Player of the Week. Overall, the defensive line MJ accounted for five and a half of the eight total sacks. Yeah, and I think you announced this week he's become the all-time sack leader in Reds, or Washington football history. And that says a lot when you had Richard Dent, uh, Dexter Manley. I mean, they had Kevin Harvey there. Now, he probably is not going to get the credit he deserves, but, you know, he's, he's just one of those tough guys, doesn't take plays off, and so you better not take a playoff because he's going to bring his hard hat. Yeah, the entire offensive line, but when you talk about the edge rush, especially of Chase Young, that's going to put a spotlight on a DJ Humphreys, uh, Kelvin Beecham. But I'll say this, General Manager Steve Keim earlier this morning on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station had a lot of good things to say about the offensive line. Quote, did an exceptional job, and he thought Lamont Gilliard, quote, did a fantastic job, end quote. And then he added this, and this is something that Sean Kugler mentioned, the offensive line coach late in training camp, kind of believes that they are too deep at every position across the offensive line, left to right. And I don't know the last time we've been able to say that about the Cardinals' offensive line. Well, if you want to go a step further, he said it's the first time under his tenure that they're able to go too deep. And, and again, that means – Signing, um, you know, guys like Marcus Gilbert, unfortunately, he didn't pan out just from an injury standpoint and opting out. But Calvin Beecham going out and getting Justin Pugh, going out and getting J.R. Sweezy, you know, and they've developed guys like, you know, Mason Cole and you're throwing hopefully Josh Downs on the road, Lamont Gilliard and, and Josh Miles, uh, Max Garcia they signed. So that's encouraging because we know injuries occurred. It's already happened at the center spot. 
Um, and, and Craig, you can make the case that I think they're too deep at a lot of different positions. I think wide receiver, they can go four or five deep there. Tight end, they have their first and, and second. I think Daniels is underrated. A D line, they got a nice two deep there. Inside, outside linebacker, maybe they need more after Reddick and Jones and Kennard. And then they're probably a little shallow right now in the safety spot with uh, Jalen Thompson. But, you know, it's unfortunate they lost Chris Jones, but they feel good about Kevin Peterson. So I think for the majority of the positions, they are too deep. And that's what happens when you look at some of the holes going into the offseason. What do we talk about? Number one wide receiver, check. Front seven, check. Um, getting more depth on the offensive line, check. And, and then, obviously, you know, just acquiring more talent, more grit, and more physicality. And I think they've done that. And I think that's the reason why uh, we're really encouraged what this team can look like uh, down the road during the season. Now, nine times out of ten, it always the games always come down to the battle and the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, which side is better. And I think this this week, more than maybe any other week, at least that I can sense that this might be the case. But one other point with regard to how Washington might try to attack or contain Kyler Murray. First heard this on Cardinals Underground. Darren Urban brought it up. You touched on it a little bit yesterday but this is the second straight season a Ron Rivera head coach team will be facing Kyler Murray. Last year, MJ, big picture, the worst loss for this Cardinals team in 2019 was against which team? Carolina Panthers. 38-20. to 20. Who was the head coach of the Carolina Panthers at that time? Ron Rivera. And who was the quarterback? Kyle Allen. And we yep. thought that that was going to be not a walk in the park because they can't kind of play possum, but they announced that Newton was going to be out on a Friday. We talked about Kyle and Allen being at game one the year before as Christian Kirk's friend, and he lit him up. Now, the only problem is, Craig, he's not bringing Luke Keekley. He, he's not bringing Thomas Davis. He's not bringing Shaq Thompson. Um, so it's, it's a different roster, but I understand. And you, you can make the case that Rivera has had the Cardinals number in Carolina, but I think it's a different team, and I think they're building for the future, but they're going to come in here and try to pull up the upset. You can have a game plan based off the success of that meeting against the Panthers because Murray was sacked eight times and picked off twice. Now, he did rush for 69 yards, but 38-20, to 20, arguably, and maybe not even arguably, the worst loss of the season last year with Ron Rivera on the opposite sideline and the Cardinals will see him again this week at State Farm Stadium. Well, nobody wants to admit it, but there's always there's always a game that you didn't see coming. And I go back to that Broncos game on, on Halloween Thursday night, and that, and that was an embarrassment. And then losing to the Raiders that year when they were trading their best players, you, you just you just don't anticipate it. I mean, you, you don't see it. You don't. Going every game thinking, you know, just play hard for 60 minutes, see what the way the ball bounces. But, you know, but I think this team has got a different mindset. I think they got great leadership. They block out the noise. They, they haven't accomplished anything. Matter of fact, if you want to go a step further, even though they've been patted on the back because they beat the NFC champions, the team that represented the Super Bowl, the team that won the division, but according to Steve Kime on 98-7, he wasn't happy with their play. And, and that could be a general manager to say when they can get better. But you play a, a better opponent 
And we don't. We think we know what uh, the Washington football team is going to show up. But as the schedule gets a little more difficult, you can't afford, you know, these penalties. And I really wasn't aware of it until he mentioned today the negative plays. So from the general manager standpoint, and I'm sure they're never um, happy. They're judged on wins and losses. But uh, and, and we can listen to the clip this week. Kind of made sense what he said. I mean. Again, the win on the road like they did to set the tone for the season, measuring stick, all that's great. But the, you got to get better as the season goes on. And I'm, I'm glad that the general manager is not, you know, you know, calling for a parade. He's saying, listen, we got a lot of work to do. It's one game and it's a long season. Typically, when you win, you don't really look at the penalties, but when you lose, you try to figure out why and how many mistakes were made and. That stuff gets overlooked after a victory. But to Kime's point, and like you, it didn't cross my mind until late this week. The Cardinals committed nine penalties for 102 yards. By comparison in week one, the 49ers just five penalties. And nine, I mean, that's an awful lot regardless of the season. But week one and... You know, Kingsbury was asked about it earlier this week. And if you look across the league, penalties, certain penalties, like holding penalties, down across the board because something that we had speculated late last week that maybe, you know, officials are a little bit more lenient because of no preseason. That's going to be out the window now because everyone's got one game under their belt. Yeah, and Cliff was asked about that, and he thinks it's going to increase this week. Um, so, you know, you've got to be on your pews and cues there. But, there's a reason why they were down 10 nothing, Craig. You know, the negative plays, three and outs, and, you know, obviously just the penalties. And, and you know how I feel about pre-snap and post-snap penalties. Now, I understand guys are going to play the echo of the whistle. Um, you know, the, 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 the horse collar tacker, he was trying to make a play. Um, you, the reason why that Roy Williams rule in there, you, you can really hurt a guy. And it looked like he did get hurt on that play. I'm glad um, that it's not long-term, but... That's why they were down. So I, I like the fact that they're kind of putting the screws in these guys and said, you know, I talked to somebody earlier. They said they could have scored 40 points in that game. Yeah, without all the mistakes that were made and a little bit of a slow start, or not a little bit, a lot a slow start offensively. All right, two down, one to go here on this Football Friday. Cardinals cover two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Number one, as a refresher, make Dwayne Haskins uncomfortable. Number two, Cardinals offensive line against that Washington front four. So number three, Mike Jarecki's third key to a win and a 2-0 and start is what? Okay, I probably can do this every week. And last week I took a flyer on Dan Arnold as the X factor. And Again, we know that when Hop gets 16 targets, 14 catches, and Kyler Murray's running for close to 91 yards, and Drake, and then, you know, Chase Edmonds, so I'm going to go the X-Factors, Kyler Murray. I, I don't know if they can contain him. When we talk about getting quarterbacks off their spot, um, I think the Cardinals last week, they came out and threw the ball, what, the first nine plays? I think they're going to try to run the football here. Um, you know, we'll see if they can stop the run. We know they're good at getting that quarterback. Um, we haven't got into their secondary. Kendall Fuller looks like he's going to return. Uh, they got Landon Collins, so I wonder what kind of defense they're going to play under, under Jack Del Rio, but I think Kyler Murray's the X factor, and again, uh, it's only year two, but this guy looks so much further along. I mean, and he's a dual threat, and now he can make these uh, throws from inside the pocket. 
Um, I think he's playing very confident. I think the team uh, trusts him in big spots. Um, so I, I think, it, you know, he doesn't have to throw for 400 yards. Um, you know, I, I don't want to see any turnovers, but if you get one. But I, I think, you know, if he could throw for 250, a couple touchdowns, uh, you know, take some time off the clock, I, I think he's going to be the extra. I don't know. This guy is a different uh, beast out there. I talk about he's compared to Lamar Jackson, and then we talk about, you know, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. He's different. He He's like Russell Wilson when he was a rookie, the way he runs and extends plays. Uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously, they're, they, they're relying on their running backs now and their tight ends. He's not running as much. He is a different animal out there when he runs the football. I think he's one of the best in the league at doing it. And, and I don't know if you can contain it. You just hope to stop it or slow it down exactly. And then he understands how to self-preservation, if you will, how to give himself up and not take that big hit. But that running ability, and because it came against the defending NFC champion San Francisco 49ers, that is what really stood out. And you heard a lot of talking heads this week bring that up. One in particular, ESPN's Dan Orlovsky said this a number of times over the course of several days on different platforms, but there was one in which on NFL Live, he relayed a conversation he had with a scout who Orlovsky asked, who would you take? What quarterback, if you had to begin a team, would you take? And the scout answered, Kyler Murray, not Patrick Mahomes, not Lamar Jackson. And the reason, according to Orlovsky, is because Kyler Murray can do everything that Mahomes and Jackson can do. Mahomes and Jackson can't do everything Kyler Murray can do he didn't say what, but my guess is it's that mobility, and not just mobility in the pocket, but even able to take off and run, and we saw on that 22-yard touchdown, he'll make guys look silly. He'll make guys miss, and all of a sudden what became a busted play or uh, a great defensive stand because Murray had no one to throw to, all of a sudden it's a demoralizing play because the defense thought they had the Offense stopped, and instead Murray goes for 15, 20 yards or a touchdown, and the drive continues, or you're seeing the Cardinals celebrate in the end zone. Yeah, when it comes to Lamar Jackson, I'm sure he can run a 4-3. Now, he's gotten a little bit um, you know, muscular like Kyler in the offseason. I noticed that when they were playing him last year in his team photo. And But I, when I look, at the, I look at Deshaun Watson and I look at Patrick Mahomes, they don't have that speed. I mean, he, he looks like a running back when he's out there, when he's running the ball. I mean, he looks like Devin Hester when he was returning kicks. And, and we've heard about Russell Wilson and Steve Young. I, I, I don't know if there's another guy in the league besides Lamar Jackson. This guy is like, I mean, every quarterback has flaws. And, you know, he's going to grow into the quarterback he'll become. I think we know what it is, but just based on his skill set. But it's hard to compare him with anybody else. And I think Jackson's close. Again, I, I like Deshaun Watson. I like Patrick Mahomes. But they don't have the same skill set when they leave the pocket like Kyler Murray does. No, and that's what That's has, the difference. Yeah. And we've said it before. Kyler Murray wants to throw the football more than anything else. He doesn't want to be a running quarterback. But if you take everything away, that leaves him wide open to do whatever he wants to do. And that is what's made this offense, we thought in the offseason, so difficult to defend and for one game proven to be difficult to defend.
Well, just just look at Joe Burrow on Thursday Night Football. I mean, he threw the ball sixty-one times. Do you think if they didn't draft Dwayne Haskins, they could have pulled a, a Cardinals? And now Chase Young to me is a, is a franchise. He's a transitional player. I'm not faulting them. They went out and made a trade for Kyle Allen. You know, in fairness to them, they got to give Haskins a chance. But the, I mean, and, and teams, you know, Josh Allen and you know Matt Ryan and Tom Brady and Drew Brees, teams prefer pocket passers. But in this day and age, with, with teams spreading teams out, and it's all about matchups, Kyler Murray is the perfect player for the National Football League, the way the game has changed. Well said. So Mike Jarecki's three keys to a win make Dwayne Haskins uncomfortable. Cardinals offensive line containing, slowing down the Washington front, and the X-Factor, Kyler Murray. All right, before we close up shop here on this Football Friday, Cardinals Covered 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. want to remind Bird Gang to subscribe to Arizona Cardinals podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, the Big Red Raids, the Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Covered 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. There's always a couple of matchups that are key, and I think you touched on the biggest and most important, the offensive line, defensive line. But you also brought up Kendall Fuller and maybe his return after missing last week because of a knee injury. Maybe he's the guy to match up with a DeAndre Hopkins. On the flip side, maybe Patrick Peterson isn't so bored like he was last week because the 49ers didn't have any wide receivers, and he can focus – strictly on Terry McLaurin, the Washington second-year wideout who almost had a 1,000 yards last season. So a couple of wide receiver, cornerback matchups to pay attention to come Sunday. Yeah, and, and Fuller, he's been a great player. I mean, he, you look at he doesn't probably didn't get the credit. And, and obviously when he went, went to the Washington football team, you know, he, he's a guy that if he was a free agent, he would have been, been, been really uh, wanted. And then McLaren, I mean, he's a really good receiver. I didn't know who he was. And last year, obviously, they didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, household names. And they fired the coach during the season. But that, that's going to be a good matchup. It's kind of youth versus experience. And Patrick's going to have to, you know, tighten his coverage up. I'm sure he's looking forward to it because, you know, you're going to see bigger names on paper, you know, as the season progresses and really true number ones. But, I think if you're a Washington football fan, he is a true number one wide receiver. This is not a fluke because they don't have anybody behind him. He proved last year he can play in this league down in and down out. Yeah, 919 receiving yards, seven touchdowns. And don't forget about the relationship with Dwayne Haskins going all the way back to their time at Ohio State. That certainly plays a factor. It's something we talked about last year, Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk, that college connection. It puts you a step or two ahead of everyone else. Craig, if if we I mean we can always do top five, but I think top three is we, we can get have conversation to just focus on instead of trying to check every box. But I think there's got to be concern from the Washington standpoint of stopping the Cardinals' run game. You know, Kyler Murray 91 91 yards, Christian Drake had, um, Kenyon Drake had 60 yards. So you start adding that up. Um, not only they got to be aware of their Cardinals spreading them out, but if the Cardinals can just, and again, I don't think we're going to wait to the 10th play for them to run the football in this game, because I was listening to Ron Wolfley, who's always engaging during the week, during the football season. He said, 
You wonder if Kingsbury is going to go in there with the same game plan as they had last week because they play, you know, obviously very slimmer rush four without blitzing. Linebackers can scrape. Uh, I don't think Cliff will do that. But I do think the Cardinals get that running game going. That's where I think they can put some points up. We always talk about the, the running game sets up the passing game. So I, I would put that number four. It's not in my top three. But I think that that could be something to look for, and maybe in the first half, to where this team can just pound the ball, win the line of scrimmage. Only the Patriots rushed for more yards in Week One than the Cardinals. They had over 200 yards, and the Cardinals finished with 180. But I understand the thought process of, hey, you know, because the 49ers' defensive front is so good, that game plan in Week One, maybe we keep it for Week Two. Yet at the same time. You start maybe outthinking yourself and going, well, Washington's going to look at that and say, oh, we got to be prepared for a bunch of passes. We can't get tired. Let's rotate. But uh, that's where this chess mat come, comes into. You got an offensive minded head coach in Cliff Kingsbury and a defensive minded head coach in Ron Rivera. Yeah. And, and, and again, Rivera's got his fingerprints on the personnel. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's calling a lot of the shots, but I do think he relies on Jack Del Rio. Now it's, it's so simple. He can get on the headset and say, let's bring pressure here. Let's back off. You know, we got to get our offense on the field. They, these guys have been on an eight play drive, chewing up six, seven minutes of the clock. So that's the head coach's job to kind of pick and choose. But I think he's going to let Del Rio call this defense. And Del Rio's been there the whole offseason. Obviously his background is, is, has been a defensive minded guy. He played in the league. Um, he was in Jacksonville, and then he was in Oakland. And, and now I, I think he's one of those guys better off being a lieutenant than general. It's the 125th all-time meeting between the Cardinals and Washington, and it comes your way at 105 on Sunday afternoon, 8.30 a.m. The pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Uh, I remember the Cardinals moved here in 1988, and they were in the NFC East. I mean, just the history, and I wish we could talk to Roy Green, hopefully sooner rather than later, um, but just the history there. And then I was at that game at uh, at their old stadium, and that's when Boomer Esiason threw for 522 yards, 522. And that place was rocking. That's when they had the hogs right on right by the bench. And, you know, it's just it, between the Giants – the, the Washington football team, the Eagles, and, of course, the Cowboys, it, it was great because there was no easy game in, in the NFCs back in the day. But I'm glad they're on the West Coast and, and they're playing in the NFC West. But some great matchups, great quarterback matchups. I just remember just how that place was rocking. I mean, whether they were winning or losing, you know, hell to the – I can't say it now. That place was rocking, and it was an older stadium, so you got the nostalgic behind it. It's funny because I'm sure there's a section of the Bird Gang fan base right now that does not remember when the Cardinals were in the NFC East. It wasn't that long ago, but it has been a little while, and it certainly makes more sense now in Arizona to be in the NFC West versus the NFC East. But being in that East with the Eagles, Giants, uh, Washington, and Cowboys, that, you know, for a while there, it's not the case here in 2020 or in the last couple of seasons, but those matchups, that was a strong, strong division. Well, and and when they show the games from St. Louis, you know, they had the turf in Philadelphia. They had creases. You know, maybe the Giants were better and the Cowboys. They had this crown at the middle of the field. 
where literally you couldn't see from one sideline to the other. You you literally see the coach's shin. So the Dallas Cowboys had a crown at midfield, and of course that probably helped Emmett Smith and all those running backs run downhill. But the, the, the stadiums were just outdated, but it was traditional football. And that's where that term running downhill probably came for, <laughs> came from because literally they running backs were running downhill. It's uh it's fascinating to look at some of that old NFL films footage. And on that note, that is going to put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolute. We'll talk to you Sunday, game day, and then talk to you on Monday, hopefully after another Cardinals victory. Bird gang, enjoy week two.